so when I heard that Vicky Woods retiring, uh, she'd announced on Facebook that she was going to close the magazine down. It was almost like, oh no, like this this institution that's been on the coast for uh, 17 years uh, and one of the few magazines on the coast that still you know highlights and showcases business owners and their stories uh, and just delivers great content. I just reached out to Vicky and I said, I don't know what the answer is, but um, I'm just kind of curious on, I want to learn more about matters itself the magazine uh, and start to think about is there a way to continue it G'day, welcome back to the Coast and Commerce podcast. I'm Ben Amos from Innovate Media. And the Coast and Commerce podcast is all about sharing stories, insight and inspiration from business leaders from the Sunshine Coast and beyond. And one of those business leaders I'm joined with here today is Luke Hawley. Luke, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting us. Hey Luke, in my introduction there, I, I thought to myself, what business do I say that you're from? Because <laughs> I think you've got your fingers in a lot of pies here. But for those uh, listeners or viewers of the podcast that haven't come across you before, which I'd be surprised if they're in business on the Sunshine Coast, but if they haven't come across you before, tell us, who are you? What do you do? What's your business? Yeah, I'll start as I'm a connector on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, so my job I see is to help Sunshine Coast business owners to share their story, share their advice and, and share their offers with their community. Uh, so I do that through multiple communities that we personally manage. Uh, so Marketing Broker Australia, uh, which is around helping marketers to connect with their, uh, with their community. Um, B2B Sunshine Coast, which is about helping B2B professionals connect with their community, um, and that's a LinkedIn-first approach. Uh, buy local Sunshine Coast, uh, same thing, helping small business owners connect with their community through Facebook. Uh, and then more recently, uh, Matters Magazine, uh, where we're connecting business owners with the community through print, through magazines. Awesome. So we're going to talk a little bit about that Matters Magazine transition later in the show, so stick around for that, guys. But I want you to take us back even further. Oh, hang on, here we go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, take us back even further. Take us back to like what got you into into business. Like where did you first start in your own thing? Because uh, you weren't always running your own business, right? So take us back to who was who was Luke prior to the entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, sure. It's funny. You know, when you're in in school now, ask you what do you want to be when you grow up. I was always saying businessman. I was always just like businessman. Uh, just so businessman. Yeah, and this is back when like in grade eight, I had the full comb over, full wet, slick look, like very much looking like I'm ready to, to get out. Did and, you have and a mobile business. phone hanging on your belt? No, but I, I did have like the belt and like I just looked very dorky in yeah. school, but always itching to sort of be more in sort of in business as a business person. Uh, so I studied in school uh, and then my first gig out was uh, with Procter & Gamble, uh, which is one of the world's largest consumer goods company. Uh, uh, a company that's almost 200 years old. Uh, so I had a, such a great opportunity to work with some of the best brand builders in the world mm. uh, and building partnerships. Uh, so I, actually my first job with Procter & Gamble was here on the Sunshine Coast uh, as a territory manager working with independent grocery uh, and uh, independent wholesalers. Uh, and then um, then took over the states, looking after Metcash and, and independent distributors, probably working with Duracell batteries uh, and Gillette uh, razors were sort of the main categories I worked on. Uh, and then moved to Melbourne, started working on with Coles and Kmart and Target. 
uh, with uh, Olay, the female skincare brand. So if you are looking for skincare tips, I've got plenty, but the answer is always Olay. Um, and feminine, uh, feminine hygiene products and pregnancy tests. I just worked in a variety of categories, um, right up to moving to Sydney uh, and then took on commercial operations. So at that point, it was a $130 million business uh, in terms of retail uh, and then working with our um, brand teams across the world uh, to introduce plans uh, into the market across Australia and New Zealand and working with our account team to implement that. Uh, so that very like middle management role, kind of you know working with the, the seniors uh, across Singapore and uh, and Geneva, and as well as the the account team. So I feel like that was my MBA. So just learned so much, um, but long hours. You know that very like you know working your twenties, working to like seven eight pm every night um, to keep up with it all. So I, I loved the experience, got a lot out of it, but I felt it was time to be the businessman and get back to to what I wanted to do, which was start my own thing. I didn't know what that was. I just knew it was time to, to quit what I was doing with PNG, uh, go traveling and, and hopefully be inspired by something. Uh, so like when I came back to the Sunshine Coast, I still didn't know what that business idea was. Uh, so I started teaching at the Sunshine Coast Uni. I've been doing that now for, for over eight years uh, as I was starting to play with, you know, where to go next. Um, and at the time, you know, digital marketing obviously was... was um, it's starting to be established, business owners recognising it, so I started to dabble uh, in that space uh, and it started to evolve from there. Okay, so you put your businessman suit yeah. on, yeah. started your thing. <laughs> it's going from that, um, that, that real big business yeah. kind of world of yeah. Procter & Gamble into starting your own small business on the Sunshine Coast would have been quite a transition, right? So what were some of the... I guess challenges you had to overcome in those early early days. You're like, oh, I'm going to start a business, yeah. And where are my clients going from? Like, tell me about. Yeah. Take me back to that. Like, yeah, I I think one of the things that you take for granted when you work for a big business is the work's been done for you. Mm. So you've got uh, an amazing, well-established brand that already has demand. Uh, you've got a wealth of information and research that you can pull into to to start to craft what's the right pitch. Uh, so for me, it was about, well, how do I take what I know is very effective and kind of putting forward a um, you know, persuasive pitch uh, and, and start to bring in those insights. There was a lot that, that worked really well with, with coordinating and, and building partnerships with likes of Coles that I can bring to a small business owner. Like, well, how do we build you know, these kind of, this idea of joint business planning or partnerships? How do we build something together that works for both businesses? But it took time to kind of work out what's, you know, what is the, the value that I'm offering? What's the partnership I, I want to bring forward? I'm very collaborative as well. So, you know, my role at Procter & Gamble was a project lead and account manager, a coordinator. Um, almost like I felt like my job was to be really good at sending emails. Um, so I'm still really good at doing that. So how do I bring the right people around, surround me uh, on the Sunshine Coast that I can rely on to get some of the, um, the heavy lifting done for us to, to make sure we're delivering great value for our clients um, and that was a piece that took time because I uh, you know in Procter and Gamble again the work's been done for you so mm. I was working with amazing people that already been vetted uh, so on the Sunshine Coast there was a bit of work for me to get to a place of I've got people around us that I can trust to get the work done um, and that was one of the big surprises was um, uh, a lot of people can say that they do certain things but it takes a bit of time to work out oh this is the ones that are really good and these are the ones that are saying they're really good so that, that was a bit of one of the early surprises yeah so, I mean, you started your conversation here on the podcast with calling yourself a connector, yeah. right? And then you talked about the role that you played in Procter & Gamble as really mm. just connecting yeah. opportunities, right? And then starting your business there, you still it's still about building that network mm. and making those connections. So, um, why do you think 
that network around a business, whether it be a startup, small micro business, just kicking things off, up to a Procter and Gamble of the world, right? Yeah. Why Why is the network around a business so important? Yeah. One of the the early piece of advice I got from uh, one of the senior managers of Procter and Gamble, which is this idea of stay in touch. Uh, it's very easy for us to get caught up in a bubble. Very easy for us to kind of lose sight of why we do what we do and 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 what's the benefit we give to our customers. Uh, and for me, one of the if I kind of break out networking as understanding, guidance, and opportunity, for that first one, understanding and kind of staying in touch. It's I get to speak to business owners that will share that their pain points. They'll share using their words, you know, the challenges they have with growing their business, the challenges or frustrations they have with marketing, the challenges and frustrations they have with their own networks and their own support networks and, you know, the sense of feeling whether it's loneliness, whether it's through um, disconnected from their peers, whether it's, you know, moving to the Sunshine Coast, there's, they're expressing those challenges. So for me as someone who is a connector and a, and a community builder, um, listening f- them basically tell me what they need from their community allows me to to start to design products and services that address that need. So when I came into the coast, I thought, yeah, I'll come in and provide um, consultation around marketing services. That's evolved through the networking that I've done to understand what they actually need is a network of people to support them, you know, referral partners, collaborators, as well as people to just share a drink with and, and, and share a bit of frustration with. So it's changed my service as a result of staying in touch and listening to what businesses are saying. Um, and then second with around, so that's understanding of what that what what your customers are looking for. The next is guidance. So for me myself, you know, as I'm entering this space, there's a lot that I can learn from other marketers and other connectors on the coast. So I'm, I'm learning through them, um, whether it's how we implement AI, whether it's how do we implement video and podcasts, you know, how do we um, incorporate some of these new things that are coming through in the marketing space and the community space. I get to learn through others. Uh, and then the last one around opportunity, uh, as you start to build your own professional identity and brand on the coast and or with whatever your area is your niche your location whatever it might be uh, as people start to understand who you are why you do what you do um, then they're likely to come to you and whether it's through new work new clients new customers um, new podcasts whatever it might be those opportunities start to present themselves because people want to connect with other people that they rely on or trust so those three that that's key and that that's the same for a small business mm-hmm. as it is for a large business because um, the reason why I was so successful at Procter & Gamble was because I had great relationships within Coles a great relationship within my own business if, if we had an idea I knew who to go to to help get it done and start yeah. to bring them into the conversation and make them feel like they're part of the project um, you know, rarely did I pitch one-to-one. Often it was rooms full of people that were sharing, collaborating and putting ideas forward. So I want to replicate that for small businesses. So you feel good and, and part of something as you're launching. Yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot in that for people listening or watching to take away for their own business, even if networking and collaboration doesn't come naturally to someone. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't come naturally to everyone, mm. right? Some people prefer to stay in their bubble. Right? Yeah. And that's just a personality thing as well. But... You know, I think if you if you if you take something from Luke here about the idea of, you know, establishing why why you're mm-hmm. building a network around your business in the first place, and a network of of potential customers of your ideal audience is a great way to learn, as you said, about um, other services and products yeah. that you can bring to them. Like listen to them and then introduce that as a service, 
or opportunities that open up when you do just mm. put, you know make those connections opportunities that maybe weren't available to you beforehand so when you think about the the community around the sunshine coast of so many micro businesses and yeah. small startup businesses and people moving to the coast and just starting things fresh where they don't have a network around them mm. um, you know for those businesses what would you say to them like how how can they go out and find a network that's going to actually do something for their business and not just be somewhere to go and grab a drink and hand out a business card. Yeah, I, and I think that's key of being clear on why you're networking. So uh, I, I wouldn't recommend focusing purely on the transactional. So if you're going out purely about chasing clients, people will feel that from you, mm-hmm. that you're just out there to hand out business cards or just to lock in those transactions. Uh, and particularly in the Sunshine Coast, from I'm sure it's shared across regions, people are looking to build more of a trusted relationship. Um, I really like this line, the idea of seven cups of tea. You know, it takes seven interactions with someone for them to trust you. Um, and it's trust that then leads to doing business with you. So it can't feel like it's a one-to-one thing. You can't just run around in a venue, hand out business cards and expect all of them to give you a call and start conducting business with you so you want to go in with the intent that it might take time for those opportunities to emerge but I'm going to build meaningful relationships and when you're clear on the why then you can be really selective on who it is that you're going to to have those seven cups of teas with so as you're going through a network and you're listening out for those who could be potential referral partners those who could be mentors or advisors that can give you a little extra to, to help you understand other connectors on the Sunshine Coast that might be able to introduce you to people that might be relevant to your industry. Um, those are the ones you want to actually target and then have the intent to, I want to take the time to build a meaningful relationship with this person to the point where you might organise 15-minute calls once a month. Hey, let's just check in uh, and share what each other are up to and, and take it from there. So if you have that intent, and then in terms of finding an event, it, just jump on Meetup, jump on Eventbrite, jump on Facebook. Uh, there are plenty of business groups out there that are providing these events. Uh, so go in and just be selective. You know, Is this the right fit for, for my intent? Can I have seven cups of teas with these people to, to find a true collaborative partnership? Yeah, and I think the key thing that you mentioned there was and it's a, it's a philosophy that I kind of live by, which is lead with value, right? Yeah. If you go into a, a networking event or a situation or any relationship and you're seeking to add value to the person that you're across the table from or standing yeah. next to in the event, if you're seeking what value can I add to this person, mm. then that value reciprocates, yeah. right? And it might not reciprocate immediately. They may just be like, that was a really useful conversation I had with, with Luke at that event. Yeah. I'm going to keep him in my mind for yeah. when I need something, right? And But sometimes it can be much more direct than that in my mm. experience as well where, you, you know, you can add value and then almost immediately after that event, first meet, meeting that person, th- they can call you up and say, you know, what we're talking about, I want to do that or I, want, I need your help or yeah. whatever that may be. But um, rather than pitching... Yeah. You're leading, to, you're seeking to add value. Yeah, like one of the things that I like to do is provide uh, free training to business groups. So I've done, you know, how to get started with LinkedIn, uh, recently, you know, providing tips around AI prompting and, and how to use that to update their LinkedIn profile. Uh, and just, you know, happy to give 30, 40 minutes of my time at a business group and not to pitch. Uh, the last slide I have is just contact me if you're interested in, in engaging further, um, but using the entire time to provide that high value advice. And that's another great way, particularly if you're just entering the space, but you You've got a lot of expertise to come with. Um, sometimes just having a conversation with the organiser of the event and say, hey, I've got this really great thing I think would be helpful for your audience. Can I you know, present for 15, 20 minutes to share that value? And that's where you start to be recognised within that 
potentially a small community, that you are a, a genuine expert in that space. Um, and you can be helpful uh, to that. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of that as well as lead with value. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So before we move on from networking events, I do want to – and I haven't pl- I haven't prepared you for this at all, Luke, so I'm just <laughs> going to throw you in the deep end. But I'm sure if any of us on business in business of, of any sort on the Sunshine Coast or otherwise have been to networking events and we've had those experiences, mm. you know, so I'd love to just quickly just hear from you. Well, have you had any nightmare experiences at a networking event or don't name any names, Luke, but, um, you know, what are some typical kind of poor interactions that you've had in the past that you can share with us that maybe we resonate with? Yeah, I mean, the, I think the most common is when you, you feel like you're getting caught in a conversation, you're not, not quite sure how to get out of it. Oh um, so where you kind of, you're just a little bit locked in. So, yeah, yeah, and, and, and where that conversation feels like you're cycling through key topics but it's not adding value I guess um, but you don't want to be rude so you don't want to just go uh, hey man thanks uh, but it's I'm going to go chat to that person it's you're trying to find a way to just totally move through and some events that I've been to where they're very clicky so you you find it hard to move your way into uh, to those conversations that are happening across that group it kind of feels like you know with the members or with the, the representatives of this group and they're not as welcoming to guests. It's one of the things I picked up when I first started to go to events on the Sunshine Coast was um, I felt like an outsider that's starting to come in and I'm trying to kind of make my way through, through talking to, to, to these people and then feel like I'm getting stuck at this, you know, 90-minute event where there's not a lot of structural or activities planned where like oh, I don't I don't really know how to navigate my way through through this event um, it's one of the reasons why we designed um, one of the events that I host LinkedIn local sunshine coast um, was through those experiences of like we want to make sure that when you come in as a guest you're you feel really welcomed you're meeting the 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 host right from the start um, and you've been encouraged to then go and speak to, to people in the room um, and I get that feedback a lot of like oh wow this some people are coming to the, to the LinkedIn local it's the first time networking in years or first time networking ever mm. um, and they're like oh wow this is a lot different than I thought because everyone's thinking that oh no, I'm going to get stuck in chatting to someone but on LinkedIn local we create movement in the event so how do you start. do that? so we, we through structure right? right so we have casual networking and then we go sit down on the tables we have activities on the table um, some events we actually get people to move between the tables as well yeah. to, for a secondary activity and then we have follow-up networking afterwards so it's kind of four points of change so by creating movement in the room through just structured activities whether it's just a presenter or actually working together on something uh, it means people are uh, actively networking um, and we give them topics to talk about so that way you're not kind of stuck with someone trying to work out what do we talk about mm. um, I actually find the best way to get a sense of someone is when you're collaborating on a challenge because I think you're getting a sense of who they are as a person um, and the personality comes out so they're very domineering and, and um, unable to listen you can pick that up like oh this is going to be a very difficult person to work with great I'll pick that up which you may not have picked up if they just did a standard pitch so that kind of driving activities means I think it reveals more about the people in the room and as a result better collaborations come out of it so I've had people at LinkedIn locals that have started businesses together um, that's how deep the relationship has has become as a result of, of meeting at one of these events yeah it's great and I can attest as well to to the structure of the events you know LinkedIn locals one of those but you've you're you are a connector and an, an event organizer that 
that really places a lot of value in in that networking and yeah. facilitating that networking connection within the space. So, you know, if, if people watching haven't been along to, to one of the events that you run, then then do that. And Luke, here's a, here's a beautiful segue into mm. where I want to go next. And I want to tell you a little story about um, early early in my business with, you know, I, I was exactly that. I was sitting in my home office, you mm. know, the only employee of my business, the only one in my business doing yeah. anything. And, um, you know, w- did not have a network around me, did not mm. have any, you know, business connections. And so I was like, ah, I guess I've got to do this thing called networking, right? Yeah. And I was freaking out. I'm an introvert by nature or, you know, most of the time fairly introverted. And, um, you know, I, I initially went along to um, what was called Business Matters magazine here mm-hmm. on the Sunshine Coast. So those who have been in business for a while on the coast will have known Business Matters magazine and, and the editor there, Vicky Magic, she she was a connector. She, yeah, big time. She, that was her role in yeah. the Sunshine Coast community and her events were my introduction to to networking on mm. the Sunshine Coast and, you know, as a result, I, you know, advertised in the magazine and, and did some things and, and did a lot in my early stage of my business around Business Matters magazine and what is now Matters magazine. Yeah. So, you know, I really feel that it, as you take on Matters magazine, which, you, you know, you can tell us about the story in a second, that it, it's like you're the natural fit. So tell us a little bit about that idea. So, you know, what did you know of, of Matters magazine prior to the journey that you're on now of, of being a part owner in that and um, and where are you going with this? What's what's going on? Yeah, it's funny. It's my story is similar to yours. So, you know, as I had just started entering uh, into the business space on the Sunshine Coast looking for networking events, um, I, I can't remember who connected me with Vicky, but someone did. We caught up for a cup of coffee and um, I really liked her, her energy, her vibe, and, and I was really interested about the, the events that she hosts. Um, so I popped in and I, I enjoyed collaborating with the other advertisers uh, at the magazine. Um, that's one of the reasons why I stayed. I've been advertising in Matters Magazine for five years. Uh, I think I first ad was in 2020, so four years. Uh, and yeah, and the reason why I stayed was because of the networking events. So I, was, I just really enjoyed collaborating with those businesses and, and creating opportunity from that as well. Um, so when I heard that Vicky was retiring, uh, she'd announced on Facebook that she was going to close the magazine down. It was almost like, oh no, like this, this institution that's been on the coast for uh, 17 years uh, and one of the few magazines on the coast that still you know, highlights and showcases business owners and their stories uh, and just delivers great content. I just reached out to Vicky and I said, I don't know what the answer is, but um, I'm just kind of curious. On, I want to learn more about matters itself the magazine uh, and start to think about is there a way to continue it because she'd already announced that she was she was shutting it down so um, she said look there's actually someone else who reached out to me at the same time uh, that's also interested in finding a way to keep the magazine alive uh, and that was uh, Shari Hall who's been a, a copywriter uh, for the magazine for seven plus years but hasn't had background in business um, and I don't have any background in managing and in copywriting or editing so like well this could be a really good mm-hmm. collaboration good partnership so Vicky the connector put us together uh, we met multiple times over coffee and talked about should we <laughs> um, you know what does it look like uh, if we work together um, where could we take this magazine based on what our own individual goals are and um, some great synergy there and we just felt like yeah this just feels right to to find a way to so we came back with Vicky put a proposal together um, she was supportive and you know within a couple of weeks we went from curious to let's let's do this and, and, and sign the paperwork uh, so that conversation's continued. We've brought in uh, a lot of the creators and contributors to the magazine as well to get their advice and suggestions on, on where we can go. 
we really want to double down on the B2B space of it. So sharing those stories and that advice of our advertisers. So uh, we made sure that every ad comes with an article. So you're actively contributing content to the magazine. Um, but we really want to position as like the local Forbes. Mm. So if you're picking up a Matters magazine, you, you want to be inspired by just, wow, this came from the Sunshine Coast. This entrepreneur, this business, this brand, this thing. Because there's a lot on the coast that, that's been innovated and created and, and, and shared uh, that I still get surprised by uh, yeah. in terms of some of the, what's been done here on the coast. So it goes under the radar. Oh, yeah. And the more I kind of dive into it as well, I'm like, how long have you been going on the coast? Yeah. They're like, really? I'd yeah. never heard of you before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big global brands. I mean, I these aren't small players. I mean, there's yeah. some great global authors as well and, and some people who are, who are true leaders in the industry uh, that have been operating, you're right, for, for years but just happen to be living on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, so how would he capture that and share those stories? And Matters has already been known for that. So it, we're, we're doubling down on what made Matters magazine so interesting for its readers to, to pick up. Uh, and, you know, how do we get more of that great content, um, make it feel a bit more diverse so we're capturing more of the Sunshine Coast, um, sharing a more variety of stories uh, and then distribute it through the different interconnected communities. So I can now share it through uh, our LinkedIn community, through BW Sunshine Coast. I can connect it through Facebook, through BiLocals. So our advertisers are now getting a vast wide reach uh, for their content um, that we can just share across the Sunshine Coast and these different interconnected communities. So yeah, I'm really excited about the synergy between all the different projects that I'm working on um, and really Matters Magazine becomes the, the, the almost like the jewel of, the, of those brands of this high quality premium content that just shares the best the coast has to offer. So still primarily a print publication. Yes, yeah, but yeah. With a, a, a stronger digital presence around yeah. using all of your expertise and knowledge and, and the people around you as well. Correct, yeah. It's all about sharing that content. So it's all you contribute to the magazine uh, and then we share those articles uh, through through social media. Uh, and through newsletter and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, we do plan to make sure that Avatar, like that content, keeps getting seen over and over again. I, um, just wanna, I, I caught up with, uh, at an event, um, our current uh, cover girl for issue 104, and she said that her friends keep coming to her and say, I'm being seen everywhere. Like they, they, almost like they're complaining that I'm, they're seeing too much <laughs> uh, of our cover girl because she is everywhere now in terms of digital and in print because uh, that magazine's distributed to over 5,000 locations across the Sunshine Coast. Uh, so she keeps saying all her friends keep taking her photos and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's fun to see. So that's what we want to, that sense of when you're part of the magazine, um, you're being seen in a way that's very different to being tagged on a post on Facebook. There's, mm. a, there's a level of prestige and a level of, of um, like almost like I've made it because I've been featured in a magazine. And that's the, that feeling I really want to double down on. So you feel like, yeah, I've contributed to this. I'm part of this. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, I think some some people, eh, perhaps even me a little bit as well, would be like, well, print print's kind of dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how often do you pick up a, a, a physical newspaper, you know, a yeah. physical magazine and, and things like that? But, you know, I think you've just kind of answered where I was going to go with this question is the idea of there is some, there's prestige, there's, yeah. there's reality to it. Um, you know, I even know as, a, as an advertiser in Matters Magazine in the past, is or any kind of print advertising yeah. I've done when you get that physical copy, mm. the physical thing in your hand, it feels legit, right? Yeah. But it's more than that, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's it's more about you know how how people want to engage with content. So tell me about that. Like, what's the power in in physical hard copy print today in a digital world? Yeah, it's so one. It's you get to 
touch it. So that kind of tactile, tangible, to your point, like I can smell it, I can feel it, um, I get to keep it. You know, people might frame their articles or frame if they're on a cover. Um, there's ability to share it as well, so it feels more exclusive. Like, oh, check this out. So they kind of flip through the magazine and, and take them to, to their article and their picture so they can check it out. So there's this high-quality kind of share feeling to it. It almost feels exclusive because um, it's very easy to share things on social media, but mm. to... to share someone your magazine and in your feature there's a there's an extra level of quality to that uh, and then the other benefit to it now we'll in, in a bit of a digital space and people know how to use qr codes there's ways now to take that printed experience and move them online so they can scan a code and listen to the a full video that talks about the topic that's been introduced in the magazine they can download a full ebook or guide that goes much deeper in terms of what was being shared in the magazine um, you know, click through and listen to a podcast that explores some of the, the, the key opportunities that were raised in that discussion. So the, mag- the, the magazine actually then becomes a portal to then start to engage with these uh, more uh, longer form content through online. And that's the stuff we're really looking forward to explore as well. And how do we encourage our advertisers to think not just what they're contributing to the magazine, not just the ads, but also what do they do after? Like how do we start to get them to pick up their phone and, and engage with your content um, in more meaningful ways that brings them down your, your sales funnel? So there's a lot of really interesting opportunities we can explore. There's a lot of innovation to be had in magazines and not to say that I'm going to innovate myself. It's just taking the great ideas that magazines like Forbes and these other players are doing to bring in great stories and then drive engagement through multimedia. Yeah, and I think what I'll, what I'll add to that as well is that the consumer, I believe, is in a different consumption mode when yeah. they, when they p- pick up a magazine right typically you're, you're probably not sitting at your desk with your computer mm. in front of you you're probably sitting on a couch or at a cafe or yeah. you know with a cup of coffee or a drink or whatever or at the beach whatever yeah. you know you're taking physical copies of things with you in different places and engaging with them differently you might have picked up the magazine because of the cover issue like the the story on the cover and you think oh that looks interesting i'm going to mm. read that but then you flick through and suddenly you're reading an article about something that you didn't even know you wanted to read about, but you're learning and you're engaging with that business who presented that article. And yeah, so that idea of that immersive experience. Right. So you're not distracted by all the notifications on your phone, you're not distracted by the TV. You're right, most people are reading it either through um, at cafes, most of the magazines distributed in waiting rooms, so... Um, uh, and, uh, whether it's like the doctors or um, beauty spas, so those sort of places where um, you do want to just sit and you're just waiting and at a perfect time to pick up a magazine and start to read through articles, uh, through transit as well. So it's this time when people are actively looking to just relax and just to kind of tune into stories. So a magazine that delivers just great stories and aspiration and ideas for themselves, given this magazine is tailored to business owners, we want them so they feel inspired like, oh, that's a great idea or that's a great tip, that these are really helpful things. Um, and for those who are just visiting the Sunshine Coast, they're like, oh, wow, these are a lot of businesses I need to go. I'm going to go check out this one. I'm going to check out this one. I'm going to buy some of that. And that's a great gift idea. Um, so they also feel inspired to support the community that they're, they're visiting as well. So there's a lot of that, that experience is unique to magazines because um, it is created content. So it has been created in such a way that provides a, an experience that's not distracted by you know what social media and the algorithm is trying to get you to do. You just focused in on on reading those articles and uh, and embracing the stories that have been told nice yeah i love it so you know uh, i talked about my story with the previous 
iteration of Matters Magazine and Business Matters Magazine is so much of a being about community and about yeah. networking. And so what are we expecting to see from Matters Magazine into 2024 and beyond as far as like what happens with the community around the magazine as well, which I know is your sweet spot, Luke. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're launching our, our first event this month. Uh, so uh, November 29th is when we're going to do our was an announcement event so we wanted to announce the issue announce the theme of the issue as well that way our advertisers and community have an idea of what to expect um, that we can inspire the types of content that's being produced uh, we're also creating a, an online only uh, membership as well so we understand that not all businesses can afford to to uh, advertise in the magazine but still want to be part of the community so we've created a really very affordable online only where they can still contribute articles so as many articles as they like um, that's shared online and then distributed through the through the online community and through the newsletter um, which is something that hasn't been done before is an email newsletter so we've set that up um, we're already at uh, two and a half thousand subscribers and we look to build that over time uh, and again another great avenue to, to share content uh, so yeah so the key is more events so uh, I think in the past it's been two to three events a year so we're looking to do six events uh, as a way of bringing the community together and um, and giving early feedback so because we can we're now launching the events prior to our first written article and um, we actually can get feedback from the community on on as we introduce the theme here's some ideas that can come in to, to help tell help to tap into that so that's what we're really looking forward to is um, the creative contributions that we'll get um, by being open and transparent with with where we're heading with each issue i love it well i'm excited to see where you take matters magazine yourself and shari of course as well into 2024 and and how that community rallies around you guys and and lifts their own businesses up as as much as the the magazine and the publication as well because i think you know it would have been such a shame that if it was to disappear because it it would have left a a huge gap in the business community on the sunshine coast so i'm glad you took the reins and, and carried it on so just in closing here, Luke, um, you know, for people who might want to connect with you, the connector, yeah. Yeah. what's the best place? <laughs> Where are people going to find you? And, you know, you can go to B2B Sunshine Coast. You can go to LinkedIn Local and check out the events there. You can obviously pick up Matters Magazine and go and check yeah. out what they got going on there. All the other places that you're at. Oh, and Marketing Broker Australia as well. Yeah. Did I get them all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you got them all. I, the, the easiest way is just to send me an email. So given we've been speaking about Matters Magazine, just luke at mattersmagazine.com.au. Uh, and then from there, a lot of people do reach out and say, hey, Luke, what networking events do you recommend? Uh, what uh, business groups have you been part of or, or would you recommend based on these sort of objectives? So happy to be very open about you know how to engage with the Sunshine Coast business community uh, and some of the upcoming events that are coming through in, in 2024. So there's some really exciting stuff that the, the Sunshine Coast and the Sunshine Coast Council and, and, and those big sort of community groups are doing to help support business owners. So if you are curious on any of that stuff, reach out to us. But keep things simple. Even though I have a thousand email addresses, let's just stick to the one. Uh, Luke at mattersmagazine.com.au. Awesome. Luke, yeah. thanks for joining me on the Coast and Commerce podcast. This has been fun. Great. Thanks, Ben. Awesome. And for you guys watching or listening, make sure you subscribe to the Coast and Commerce podcast so you don't miss another episode. We'll be coming to you each and every week during season one. And uh, we've got some more great guests coming up real soon. So uh, I'll see you in the next episode.